Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Coming up on the show, the one and only Bullet Maiden joins us as we talk about the future of the Call of Duty franchise our excitement for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and the changes of being a content creator then and now. This and more, coming up. It's time for the GZ Chop Shop Podcast. Each week, hosts Project Itachi and War Nurse bring you the latest in the gaming and tech industry. From the hottest releases to the juiciest scoops, while breaking down all the things you wish you knew. Now kick back, relax, and prepare to have your mind blown. The GZ Chop Shop starts right now. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the GZ Chop Shop. I am your host, Project Itachi, and actually this week, Yuli is joining us. Uh... Or nurse, he will join us later in the episode. He's uh making his way to the to the studio from a wonderful long day at work. Uh, but this is our end of the year wrap up. So yes, you guys, this will be the last public episode made available. So we definitely had to do something really really special for you guys. I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it uh, because we've got a special guest. If you remember last week, I told you we're going to have a a friend returning to the show, and it's actually been a while. Um, So I'm really glad she was able to have some time to join us before the end of the year. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome to our friend, content creator, Call of Duty connoisseur, the one and only Anya, a.k.a. Bullet Maiden. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to have you. So, as you guys probably can guess, we're going to talk about some Call of Duty. Yuli and I were talking a little bit about it before the show started, uh, and it's been out 
out, I say, for like almost a month. It's been like released in parts, basically. Um, and it was not even fully released yet. Oh, well, by the time, by the time this episode airs released. and the time you guys listen to it, it will finally be fully released. But and those of you wondering if there will be an Itachi stream with me and Warners on Call of Duty, there to put your hopes down. Itachi doesn't gonna, want to play just with gonna, us. Yeah, I'm just going to tell y'all, just don't. We'll get to why don't, don't later in the thing. episode. <laughs> We're going to get to why, and I'm sure everyone will understand after I explain why. But hardcore, I'd shoot Itachi first. I mean, once again, that's hard. Our friendship literally started through Call of Duty. Fun fact. <laughs> it started because I shot you. Yeah. We were in the same team and I shot yeah. you. All because I opened the door. No, 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 no. You jumped over the pipe. It was on rust. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Yeah. I remember because then you said, why'd you shoot me? And I said something. <laughs> that up. Yeah. Yeah. Friend, you know, friendship established in Call of Duty. Friendship established in Call of Duty. Iconic. But since we're talking about it, I want to get both of your opinions. Anya, you first. Um, cause you've been playing since like the beta, like the day the beta drop, you, you were like on it, streaming it, playing it around the clock. What are your feelings of modern warfare two so far? Uh, you know, I, I do really enjoy it. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun playing it, which I haven't really said too much in the last couple of years playing COD. Uh, you know, they've really changed. The structure behind the scenes and in game uh a lot over the last couple of years but you know i am having fun um i'm a little annoyed that you know the game was t- more expensive this year and we got a lot less upfront. um yeah. i feel like that was a little bit of a ripoff um even basic things like a lobby leaderboard mm-hmm. <laughs> or or hardcore mode you know things like that that you know especially for hardcore players who are put this money in there expecting to play what they enjoy to play and not being able to do so uh for like two three weeks after the the, the release yeah <laughs> um yeah you know that that part I, i'm not so fond of um but you know in the game aside from all the many many bugs and problems and it's been fun to link up with my group and just roll some cod like you know if you do <laughs> you know now you know i'm former competitive and you get very competitive still you know, you roll into a game and the other team's super sweaty. You're like, nah, nah, nah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> We're going to be sweaty, too. We're going to win this. The, the sweaty lobbies. Uh, Just pulls yeah. out gun our glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have some. <laughs> so do I. Um, there they are. Yeah. Oh, so I'm the weird one because I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, you have those you glasses. Know. Don't you damn They're not sweaty glasses, though. That is also yeah, true. they're. Yeah, they're not my sweaty glasses. I have blue light blocking glasses that I wear now. And that's less because I want to be sweaty and more because I'm just getting old. I hear <laughs> my eyes. That's exactly what it. mine are for. They're just for my eyes because I'm getting old, you know? They take care of my eyes. <laughs> but yeah. there's I mean, there was a time where you could play like COD for twelve hours straight and oh, uh man. be fine. Now it's like three hours, my thumbs my joints get sore. Back <laughs> in the youthful days, COD. Yeah, back in my way. day. We used to play. Oh yeah. my god, those twelve-hour day sessions were the best. Oh, yeah, they were. Because you didn't realize it was do. twelve hours. 
Yeah, exactly. Now you and one hour passes, you're like, man, it's been one hour. I felt like twelve. It was so sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah so why am I? Exhausting. Why am I sweating? I need a new shirt. What's going on? I'm a bunch of clenched. This is so hard. <laughs> I, I can't be the only one that. No, I mean, overall, you get up from the chair after just now. You take you the take chair the with chair you. with you. Your whole body yeah. starts creaking. Yeah. You're like, oh <laughs> man, what was I like? Eight oh. hours? No, it was just two. Yeah, it it yeah, you know, COD really has changed over the last couple of years. I think Warzone really did when that was released. I really did save the franchise a bit, uh, but it's been you know encouraging to see like the sales and mm. stuff that's come out uh, oh, yeah. for Modern Warfare Two. It's done very well, uh, and you know that's encouraging as a multiplayer player uh, to see like oh people are still kind of excited to play this, and there's you know there's more people on the game. But yeah, overall I'm you know I'm having fun. Uh, I think there's a lot that needs to be worked on. Uh, by Activision Infinity Ward, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good good base, like a little canvas right that they um, you know laid out. Yeah, it, it's just unfortunate that we have to pay so yeah. much up front. To now not get there, <laughs> so there was something front. interesting that you said, and I and I I, I want to get both of your thoughts on this. Now you you, you know you mentioned Warzone saving COD because we we can all agree that COD was on that downward slope for a good while. That yearly release, everyone was getting tired of it. And then Warzone came out. Now, my question to you is, do you think Warzone saved COD or COVID saved COD? You know, it's probably like a, a good mix of the two. You know, nothing's ever really black and white. Um, so I'm sure COVID really did have an impact on that. A lot of people having more time at home to play and really grind things out and just link up with your friends and roll a squad and everything. Um I think it's a mix. Like, I don't think, I think if Warzone hadn't come out and COVID still happened, I don't think, I don't think COD would have been as popular again as it has been because of Warzone. I think Warzone does really play a big part of it. VRs are a thing now. People really enjoy them. People in the past have really enjoyed Call of Duty and they they found a way to make a good balance that people really enjoy. I mean, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Blackout from Black Ops 4. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Yes, I, I like Blackout Thank better you. than Warzone, but I'm also well, not a big BR person, so that's that's part of it. Um, oh. But you know, I think, <laughs> hey, what's that? <laughs> I think uh, I do think Warzone was a good move, uh, and it, it ended up being a good time for them um, in terms of the franchise. What, what about you, Yuli? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it more to COVID and that people were at home, but not because people played Warzone a lot. It's because streamers used it as an entertainment tool more. Because mm. <clears throat> I remember me myself, I I like battle royales, but I hated Warzone for loadouts. That's why I preferred Blackout. Then they shut down the servers, and I got it went bad. But I remember watching more Warzone than playing it because when you play it, it the people are really goddamn sweaty. And I was tired of metas and people using that for loadouts. And it's like, well, can't we just go back to classics where you pick up a gun and you make it work instead of like, use this gun for now, get loadout, trash everybody that doesn't have loadout. That's that that that's what it is. But it, yeah, it was more people using it as an entertainment tool than actually playing it. Because if you if you think about it. Warzone got popular because popular streamers started playing it. Dr. Disrespect, Tim the Tap yeah, Man. Huge. Like, they all blew the fuck up because of Warzone. Yeah. And now that this new Call of Duty is out, and they're mad because they can't be as entertaining with it anymore because th their skills are shit compared to 
what they got used to. Slide canceling, bunny jumping meta. That was something that Warner's and I were... Yeah, I'm not a fan of those. <laughs> that was something Warner's and I were talking about actually last week. <laughs> like a lot of the content creators that have not been a fan of Modern Warfare. And when you dive in, it's like to the why, it's because a lot of the mechanics that they got used to got removed. And my argument was, well, it's not a sci-fi shooter. It's not Halo. But everyone wants Halo-like mechanics in every shooter. You know what's funny? I've been, like, when Modern Warfare 2018 came out, 2019 came out, I was still playing the Modern Warfare Remastered multiplayer. Because that was fun. And then playing this Modern Warfare now, it's like, oh, they're kind of the same. A little bit more updated, a little bit faster movement, but the, the things are there. If you switch weapons, it takes time. And anytime you switch a weapon, someone's always there to see you and shoot you in your face. It, it's the the legit cod timing at its best. My biggest complaint: Who invented oh, reloading? <laughs> right now, it's spawns. <laughs> spawns oh, are their best. Oh, oh, man. Spawns are their best too. So, it, oh my it, it, it's like we're playing this one. I feel that Modern Warfare One, Modern Warfare Two, back in like high school days, middle school days, when you're just there having fun. It, it's just bring out the noob tubes. Like, let's have fun the with those. Tubes. Nobody uses those anymore. Still, I remember just. Loading up into a match, aiming up, shooting, and hoping that beautiful to get someone. Boonk. And then you boonk. just see a hundred points. Yelp. Ah, classic days. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think this Mom Warfare, this Mom Warfare Two, feels a little bit more like an older COD. Uh, and I, you know, I, you know, the movement, the, the the complaints about the speed, the pace being slower, and then no slide canceling, and just I don't know. I saw some footage from the beta people were streaming and it looked almost as fast as Vanguard apart from like the slide <laughs> canceling and stuff like that. Like, I feel like there is the opportunity to be a little bit more uh, fast paced in this game, but I kind of enjoy that at like a base level, it's a little bit slower. It feels a little bit more authentic COD to me. Um, people complain. It's like, oh, you can't abuse the system anymore. Oh, you actually have to get skills and aim and do all that shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you can't turn a corner, jump up, get 360, and just unload. You have to, like, jump. You have to slide, get up, and then turn and shoot. And you can't do that because your your reflexes aren't that good. You know, the the my take here is that the content creators that are being so verbal um, about, like, just complaining uh, about the game and how bad they think it is, that speaks volumes to the type of followers that they have. To me, uh I'm really just seeing the same toxic type of people that are just enveloping themselves around those types of creators. Mm. When if you just have a, 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 a great personality that is open and welcoming and just enjoyable to be around, you're not seeing those people complain. And the people that follow them and are in their community aren't that way either. So to me, that speaks volumes to their communities as well. I actually have to, agree with that because fun fact and and uh even even you Anya didn't know this I was out of the Call of Duty realm for like a good while like I came off and on and honestly it was you that pulled me back into Um, Call of Duty me no holy maiden Anya oh she pulled me back into Call of Duty because of how fun and entertaining she made it whether she won or lost it was it was enjoyable because just of the commentary and it's like the random situations that would happen, like the bugs she would run into, like the one you posted on TikTok with your body flying off into the sky. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, well, somebody got yeah. sent to the Modern Warfare yeah. beta really early. <laughs> Banter among friends. Again. But yeah, that happened in Modern Warfare 2019 and, and, and this beta too. Same yeet glitch across the Into the sky. The sky. But, <laughs> uh, they fixed it and I was sad. I couldn't do it no But more. that's that's proof of what you were you're saying, Warners, because for the while it was like like I used to be an avid Madden fan. But then the, the re- constant releases, I got tired of it. It wore me out and I drifted away. And it was the same thing with COD. I got tired of it. I was like, I can skip like five or six. There'll be another one. I'll jump in whenever. And then, you know, once I once I found her streams and started watching, I was like, yo, this is kind of fun again. I remember when I used to have fun with the boys and, and just, you know, just random banter and shooting the shit and, you know, getting those those W's. And I was like, let me go see what I've been missing. And that's how I got back in, in into COD. Maybe you got to stop playing with sweaty people. And stop playing. You. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold up. We may be sweaty, but we joke around a lot while we sweat. That is, that that's is true. That's the best yeah, part. We're, gotta, we're sweaty joke. without the, is- you know, toxic part. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I'll play with just Yuli all the yeah. time. And, like, I just have a blast. Like, I'll have good games and, and really horrible games. And it's just, <laughs> we're just, like, laughing and our just, ass We're off. just laughing the whole time. Well, hey, Warners, yeah. Warners. Yeah, hey, oh, watch my back. And I'm, like, there in the corner with the shotgun. Like, hey, right, you ready? Ready? You ready? And then, bah, I miss. And you see Warners come down from the second <laughs> floor. I got him. <laughs> I do have to say one thing I love yeah, about. Yeah, see, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, and I love the way Warners comes in like a Superman for no reason. You just see him oh, diving across your screen. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did this thing a few days ago where uh, I started doing the dolphin dive and I only dolphin dove everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I was getting kills and doing pretty well, only dolphin diving. And I would wait for him, Burn and Yuli to be like set up doing their thing. And I would just dolphin dive in front of them, trolling them and stuff. <laughs> the middle and of we're, just getting so like, we're in a shootout and you just see Warner's. <laughs> And then they would die, and somehow that I would live through it. And they would just be so salty. But it was you hilarious. brought problems to me more times than I can count. <laughs> it's, because, it's because he'll dolphin dive in front of us, and then we'll stop shooting, laughing at him, and then we die. Oh, no. It I, was you know, I, those, that stuff's always the, like, you know, like, I appreciate the kind words about, you know, what you said about, you know, my stream and how we, how we play COD and uh yeah for me it's that stuff that makes cod worth it uh still it's not so much oh i got a kill i got five kills i had nuke whatever you know it's uh it's just fun doing silly stuff there's times when like we've just crawled around the map like <laughs> yeah. as a group just I crawled I and the enemy is like what are you guys doing it's like don't worry about, about it, it. We're having fun or, here. or your team is like what are you doing I'll be there yes. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm, doing, I'm doing I'm doing intel. Recon. I'm Digging through a bush. I'll be there. <laughs> we you know, I have a we I we had a I think it's on TikTok, but we made a video uh where I'm just going <laughs> all over the map because every time I jump through a window or dive or do something, I'm always like <laughs> and I make I just I just make a bunch of dumb sound effects and just have fun playing how whether we win or lose, it's just fun to just try your best and sometimes you know their best is just doing stupid stuff like crawling on the floor diving well, through you know it, it makes me feel like maybe over the past few years and you know maybe it's just with covid and the the influx of just so many like new gamers but that's what gaming is to me it's making fun memories with your friends whether or not you win or lose like you're going to be competitive of course uh, especially with your friends but you have fun and you make memories and i feel like somewhere along the way like we 
as a whole, as gamers have seemed to have forgotten that, that that's what gaming's about. I blame Fortnite. Yeah. I don't blame, <laughs> yeah. I blame content creators. <laughs> content creators yeah, would start groups and be like, you need like a 3KD to be in this yeah. group. You need a 4KD to be in this group. It's like, I, I'm, just, I'm just joking around having fun. What do I need to do good? To be f- to be fair though, I feel like you know, like if you're especially if you're talking about COD, like the whole like what's your KD thing, that's always kind of been around. Like people have always yeah. kind of oh yeah cared about, but it's their never KDs. been that aggressive. Um, no, it's definitely way worse than it used to be. Um, and the bar is set so much higher now in terms of like creating content for Call of Duty because you got skill based matchmaking, and it's not like you can go into a Christmas nude lobby and wreck <laughs> wreck a bunch I'm of people. Gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna counter that. I don't think the bar is set higher. I think it's just people are missing the point because now people want to see great kill streaks and KD. And it's like back in our day, like back when we were playing Modern Warfare two videos were all about comedy who has the funniest kill real who, who can, who can make it was comedy. Now it's like, watch me get this nuke here. Watch me get 10 kills. I'm like, that's boring. You just ran around and killed everyone. Where, mm-hmm. where's the laughs? Like, so I think the bar isn't set higher. It's just moved to another direction. Like I like to mess with people That's in my lobbies with the decoy. Like my tactical, Man, my favorite they tactical. Should have never given you decoys. Is no, the decoy? No. Oh. <laughs> Yo, decoy. No, I use so obnoxious I use a decoy as cover. It touch you will throw it, blow it up, and I'm like behind it, like shooting everyone. Like I got it. I'm using oh, cover. No. I love this the man decoy. doing shadow clone no. jitsu oh in the middle of a COD game. Get out of here. <laughs> Because like my so one of my my buddies that rolls with me all the time you know we're both in the Orion camo grant grind but you know he's way ahead of me and he's doing the decoy weapon XP thing and so like but it's just like I can't trust you know with no red dots on the mini map and there's just a decoy everywhere like, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I can't trust who's I don't know I don't know what's happening anymore I'm like wait I hear feet oh okay the, the blue I don't yep. know who's actually I, like, so I've died oh a couple of times. It's like hurting me as a teammate, not just the enemy. Shoot everyone until proven out. I can't ally. imagine if the decoys made noises. Oh, you know. If the decoys made noises, <laughs> if you combo it. No, well, they're like. With the, the decoy grenade. They're advanced now. Yeah. Yeah. At a, at a, like, well, like decoys in the past used to be uh, like, they used to sound fake. Well, they, yeah. they were now obvious. There was one. They sound like. Yeah, they sounded like they weren't real, but now they sound legit. Like I heard one, it sound, I was like, "Who's sniping over here?" It was like, like the big ass, like. Ba-dum. I was like, it "Was a decoy the whole time?" I was like, "Wait, it evolved." What do you it's, mean? It's aware. Uh, it's aware. It's not AI Skynet now. That has been released. And, and I've messed with if I if um, I can fool my teammates with it, and I'm always watching my teammates charge into a room, me and my decoy, and they shoot the decoy. I'm like, then I know it works. So I just stand there yeah. like a decoy. <laughs> You're sabotaging both your, your enemies and your friends. There's no, if there's no dot, I take no chances. It's an enemy. Yeah. yeah exactly. Walk in and they look. I got so much. I say hello, Clarice. I got so much slack for that. <laughs> I got so much slack for that in the campaign because I. I'm in that mode when I play COD. I'm like, okay, something moved, shoot it. <laughs> um, but in the campaign, you sometimes have civilians. You're not supposed yep. to shoot them. <laughs> but I would just walk up to the door. I'm like, ah, oh, mm, sorry. <laughs> oh, so like, it became like a, yep, yeah, it became yep, a running would, joke. I would like for like the option to be like, if you shoot a civilian, just drop your gun and be like, they had a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> if if COD ever implemented that, it, it's gone to a completely different direction. There's there's no going back after that. Okay, so uh, so now we know that COD has the the 
atmosphere around it has changed. It's way more competitive. It's less about the humor. When do you think that change started taking place? Like, like at what point did we start caring more about the KDs and the, the point system over, you know, the camaraderie and hilarious nature that it used to bring? From the best battle royale that was out there, Blackout. Really, I would. I thought I was gonna say Warzone. No, Blackout came out. I feel like Blackout wasn't that like. It wasn't that, but it started the competitive drive because now you wanted to win. Because it was like you and a hundred people, I'm gonna be the best. So, Blackout started the 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 climb to be better, and then Warzone just took it to another level and basically was the tip of the iceberg that sunk the ship. Warzone came out really right before COVID you know happened and it, i yeah. think just that whole thing just escalated everything yeah people had a lot more time to uh to worry about those things get those best clips out there compete you know a lot of people picked up streaming and we're trying to create content uh and trying to make a source that's why no one wants to go back to the office yeah. <laughs> like my kd is gonna go down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I work remotely and I oh still, i'm so like, jealous I'm like, mm, I want to play. I want to play. Yeah. And I can't. Well, your <laughs> Warner's right in the office <laughs> playing COD. Hold up. Let me fight my boss. Punches his boss. Oh, gets man. back in the game. No, right, I, I, look, I got <laughs> to do that once at work. Like, we, we had a... You got to punch your boss? We could bring in, like, <laughs> No, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I thought you meant. I was like, oh, no. is he okay? No, 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 no assault. No, no, no assault. No assault here. Uh, Let's just clear that up. No. No, I um, oh. we used to on like Fridays uh, at a job that I had. We used to like bring in like game systems and play in the office. So like it was around the time Blackout was out, and I brought in my PS4 and <laughs> played Blackout in the office, and that was pretty fun. See, that like that's the camaraderie. I got to play at work once. Like that right there. That's that's well, what it's all about. Maybe maybe it got the way it is now because you know when we started leaving the land party days. Mm. and went into the worldwide wi-fi you know and, and land just really went away there was no more parties like just within your group people coming over and like you know there was like eight of us or something yeah okay and then you can actually walk up to your friend that was pissing you off and punch him yes yeah yeah you know like, like the cheesy bullet chop shop does you know, not condone you do not condone violence your bosses uh, Bullet Mane did not punch her boss. <laughs> I did not punch anybody. Chop Shop does I'm not condone violence, punched. but I actually promote it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I think I think the growth in esports in general that has really taken off in the last few years, I think has kind of contributed to how aggressive Call of Duty has gotten. I 100% agree with that. Uh, not just in like esports, and but just esports and content creation. I think they're very um, intertwined with one another, and I think you know, with a lot of people diving into that during COVID time, um, I think that it was just a lot of variables put together, and it's really just changed kind of the landscape of Cloudy. And well, you know, we're going to continue to see it with Warzone two point oh, coming be out, horrifying, and I think. Well, it's going to be magnificent. It's interesting you say that. Yeah, DMZ, you know. I think it's interesting you you said that about esports because I've been to two esports competitions in the past couple of years. Uh, I went to an Overwatch one and I've been to a Call of Duty one. And I had so much fun. It was like being in a rave half the time with all the lights and people, like the atmosphere. It was was a great time. But I also noticed, just because you brought, brought it up, 
um, I noticed that connection uh, or that that parallel between how people are at a live sports games and the esports. There was still the the booing, the yelling, the the anger. Uh, that stuff was still there, and it's definitely something that's grown uh, with, with esports. Once you bring, yeah, once you bring money into the mix, it will instantly change money and competitiveness. Yeah. And the competitive stems from the money because of how much money is on the line. So at this point, and um, how many people you're up, you know, how many people you're competing against nowadays, you know, like pre COVID, I feel like there was not as many streamers. I feel like now it really boomed. It boomed so much uh, after COVID or during COVID and, you know, now somewhat post COVID and um, yeah, it's just, it's just a very different environment. Um, And, you know, like that mention of esports earlier is also kind of like a lot of people maybe don't agree with me on this. And I always do tend to have unorthodox opinions. Well, they're wrong. uh, (laughs) Well, like, you know, for instance, if you take Ninja, right. Um, I feel like he really made huge strides for the gaming industry in terms of visibility outside of just the gaming world. Like he brought a lot of mainstream eyes uh, to gaming and streaming. And um, that really brought a lot more people into it as well. Uh, And I just, I think that like just things have, I feel like the whole industry is like just gaming, esports, all of it's just boomed so much very rapidly over the last couple of years. And that's just, contributed to not just you know fortnite call of duty all like it's just all of it apex came out right before pandemic it's like 2018 2019 um and all of those you know they're just competitive games by nature and it's just like a you know i said higher bar earlier and you know maybe you're right with it being more like a like a just a shifting over to another area (laughs) but uh but yeah i think it's just a lot of variables and just just a boom overall in the last couple of years has just really contributed to the change in everything that we're seeing. Um, I don't think we'll go back to how gaming was in the past. Nah. Uh, you don't think point. it's going to be like a pendulum <laughs> swing where it goes this far right now, but now that COVID's <sighs> over and people are getting back into work, it's going to swing the other way and kind of normalize itself. If I don't mm, think so. There's, there's too much yeah, money. There's too much now. money. Too many people have already quit their nine to fives. It's the biggest go. The gaming industry is the biggest form of media entertainment in the world now. With, and if COVID the past anything, two and a half, three years, it blew everything global. else out of the water. Out of the water yeah. It's it's massively global. It's easy to like get into produce. Like you don't need to be you don't need an agent <laughs> to get started. You don't need backing no, you of can, anybody. Yeah. You really just need a little of equipment and your yourself and your your, your smarts, your marketing, thinking about how to to build your brand and things like that. Like it, it's, it's just, I don't think it's going to swing back to what True it was entrepreneurship. 10 years ago. I mean, we, we literally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is really more like, we, yeah, we literally proved our parents it's, wrong it's too, you know, by, <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. make money. You're not gonna make money you gaming. Play, you gotta go hold to my beer. Two thousand twelve. You see this check? You see this check? You see this check? This is gonna pay for your retirement home when I put you in there. Now. <laughs> oh, I kept man. talking all this shit. <laughs> but no, I look. I would love to do that. You know, yeah. like you know, when I was a kid and I was you know playing Pokemon Yellow on my Game Boy Color before going to school and then coming home and doing it again. Like you know. People do this now, nine to five, play Pokemon, make money. Play Pokemon, make money. <laughs> like it's, it's really evolved. It's a viable, viable way to, to earn a living now. It's interesting to see how we, how humans evolve 
<laughs> you know, we go from like newspaper, telephone to like internet, and now like earning money. Oh, and it was a rapid games. change. It wasn't like a simple like hundred year change. It went from bah, internet. Yeah. We're there. Another. Yeah. I know we died. We 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 kind of flew away from college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my, my... <laughs> all of that. That's the answer. That, that's ju- that's normal for this. <laughs> that's what we do. We connect all the dots and and everything. But no, I I do want to piggyback off of you know why the pendulum won't swing back the other way unless we had a complete society collapse. Uh, if anything, COVID showed. I mean, we're close to one. I mean, yeah, but that's the only way it would go back. And even then, it's not a guarantee because of. I mean, pretty much how easy you can do stuff on the on the internet i don't know it's uh cheap putin is all right dying, all right that's so. enough of you yuli <laughs> that's enough for you yuli you're gonna take <laughs> us in the whole other the missiles might come out in <laughs> the world but, we get to play fallout oh, irl man. oh no but no like i still think we would find like a way to be resilient just by yeah, <laughs> like uh, like the yeah. way that we were able to keep the world going during COVID. Exactly. Uh, because we had the internet was insane, and like even like when the war started, people were. It was interesting to see how creative people were being using the internet oh, to be involved in in that. It, it, it's like I said before, Itachi. <laughs> it's like the past two years, everyone like. Th- th- <laughs> everyone's like, we want our gaming, and you will not touch OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We got our priorities. Both, both have been trying to. Everyone tried to shut down both, and then the entire world was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> not my. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. You say what? You say what? What? Boomer? You say what? Boomer? Boomer say what? I, I'm really happy I got to make this because I thought work was in my way. Like, and I know you guys, you know y'all can appreciate how hard it can be as a content creator from like working full time and then trying to con- uh, be a content creator oh, full time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought I was going to miss being able to talk to Bulletmate cause I missed you last time I was working. So oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, Oh shit, I'm actually going to be able to do this. So I was like really excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I understand that grind. Uh, you know, I work full time nine to six. Uh, Monday through Friday, <laughs> and then all the streaming, and now you know I picked up kind of like trying to grow on YouTube, and that's another grind. You know, trying to get content out there religiously, wild, and streaming multiple hours in between that, and working forty hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been fun <laughs> and exhausting. <laughs> but you know, that's a good thing though. Um, and I guess since we're already leaning that way, we can talk about content creation and how it's changed. Um, when we had <clears throat> Wild on wild for games uh earlier this year and he was talking about you know a lot of content creators they set themselves up for failure because they don't broaden beyond their comfort zone you know they they get on twitch and then it's this this fear or whatever platform they start with and they grow there and then they have this fear of well if i don't do this only consistently i'll you know lose it i'll lose traction and they don't expand beyond it because they know like, okay, well, if I stream on Twitch eight hours a day, I don't have time to do YouTube. I don't have time to, you know, make a website. I don't have time for that. That eight hours, that's where my money comes from. That's where my people come from. Um, <clears throat> and how that's actually hurting you because at some point you will plateau out. And because you didn't start planting seeds somewhere else, you've 
wound up just hurting yourself in the long run. So it's actually really good that, you know, you've, you've started expanding and you're doing like your TikToks and your YouTube video because now you, you can build a community elsewhere. And then eventually that, you know, those small communities, you can start bringing them together into this bigger community. And then it's like, you know, no matter what you do, you'll have eyes on you in those, in those different places. Um, Cause that's a lesson that I had to learn, you know, pretty early in, you know, putting up YouTube videos, because if you edit your own videos, you know, that's time consuming and it can be, and you, when you first sit down, you got all these ideas, like, oh, I'm going to do this. It's going to be like, this It's going to, and then you start and you're like, Ooh, why did I do this? <laughs> like, yeah. This is going to, this yeah. is going to hurt more than I thought it was, but it's rewarding. Yeah in the end, once you finally finish, you finally upload it and you see your community come in and they're like, yo, that was hilarious. Yo, that was funny. Like this was, this was good. And you're like, ah, that's why I did it. That's why I died 100 times in Elden Ring. <laughs> so you could laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Lord, that game. Um, yeah. You know, I've been streaming for on Twitch for four years. Uh, and yeah, the community thing is definitely the most important part of all of it. You know, um, I've taken many breaks. I took a, a break this year, actually. I hadn't streamed since December of last year, and I started again in August of this mm. year. So that was quite a break. Um, and shockingly, you know, or maybe not shockingly, but this is the thing about the community aspect of it is the, the people that have always come out to the stream every day who have always come and said hi and told me about their life and shared their day with me and played games with me, they came back even after eight months and, you know, I've taken longer break. Well, I haven't taken, uh, I've taken longer breaks one before. Um, and those same people have come back and we caught up like we we're old friends. And, you know, that's, that's really been the great thing about community. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm starting the YouTube down and the TikTok, and it's been fun to grow communities there as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I was very close to quitting <laughs> this year. Uh, and it was really because of the people that I get to talk to when I go live that I came back and, and kept it going. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, definitely the community thing is really, I think the most vital part of being a streamer and, and to your six and to getting, being successful at it. Um, but I will say that I feel like, you know, yes, Twitch is the dominating force when it comes to live streaming as a mm -hmm. platform. Right. Um, but it's interesting if you compare other platforms, right? So, like, I've noticed with this grind on YouTube and this grind on TikTok and, and, and Twitch, you know, I've noticed that I think, like you mentioned, eventually you'll be able to kind of link your communities together. But I think, at, like, at least in my stage where I'm at right now, right now they're all separate entities. Like, it's harder to circulate people from one platform to another because you know, it's, it takes effort. Yeah. People don't, you know, in and general, we're very, like... We're like, let's get, let's get it yeah. going, you know? So like, but here's the thing. TikTok offers live streaming, right? So your viewers on TikTok, your community on TikTok, they can watch your videos and then they can watch you live on TikTok. They don't really have a need to go to Twitch. <laughs> Same on YouTube. YouTube offers live streaming. It's interesting though. Twitch doesn't offer any sort of like, really like a host, like a come watch my videos platform. <laughs> come watch my, yeah, you know, it's like, like a it's missed opportunity. It doesn't have that, but Twitch, it is because I was thinking about it the other day, like Twitch is the, the one platform out of these, I guess the three major players right now in content creation um, that doesn't offer like that, that piece of it. YouTube obviously is the, the dominating force when it comes to 
recording. Yeah, they kind of do the opposite. Uh, they just delete your videos after 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> yeah. enough for you. So, Come you know. back tomorrow if you want to see the rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's been interesting kind of experiencing, you know, all of these uh these different platforms now. You know, and I've talked to a lot of people um you know, who do stream on YouTube about the experience on streaming on YouTube and you know, they've been like, you know, it doesn't have a little bells and whistle that Twitch Twitch does. Mm. It's not as fun as Twitch. Um, but it's just, I guess the point of all that was just saying that, like, you know, yeah, like, to Tati's point, as a content creator, you really do have to put your eggs in multiple baskets, get step out of your comfort zone, get to know people everywhere, different platforms, um, to really kind of experience, I think, growth. I think it's necessary now. Like you could, I think in the past years ago, you could just stream on Twitch. It'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, now there's so many people doing that, that it, it discoverability, I think is really, it's, it's much harder than it used to be. Um, and now it's not just about, you know, before it was like, post your clips on Instagram, post them mm. on Twitter to get people to come to your Twitch. Now it's not about directing people to your Twitch or your, your YouTube live. Now it's kind of about, building those communities in different places uh, and just providing content that they want to consume. <laughs> and the algorithms on all these platforms change so rapidly now. YouTube yeah. was a tough one to figure out, man. I think it took you and me a couple of months, months of yeah. learning from other people and, and doing research mm -hmm. and, and stuff to get it down to where you had some videos that went, that did very well. Um, so yeah, yeah, YouTube's is like weird though. It's they have a weird algorithm. It's it's hard to like get down. It's, it's very targeted. Does job though? Like super. You know, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, when you get into it, it, it does its job very well. Um, I think you know, I, I read or I was watching a video somewhere that was kind of discussing like they really kind of funnel you. I guess the challenge is getting eyes on you that haven't already seen yeah. you on YouTube. And then you look at TikTok, which started off with a really easy algorithm, and now it's become so targeted as well. It's also a hard. It's just got discoverability across the board. It's just much more. Uh, much more TikTok's starting. Which to is get, not a terrible thing. TikTok's but. starting to get creepy. I'll be talking about something stupid with friends, like birds or something, and then I'll turn <laughs> oh, to TikTok yeah. and it's like, "There's oh, a the bird." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> but they all I never looked up birds. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, they all do that now. <laughs> and the problem. Yeah, it, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> they're always, they're always listening. You know, if they're always listening, they don't got the right ads for me because I'm always like looking. I'm like, why the fuck would I buy this? And then just click out of it. Well, I mean, you also live in a household of probably more than four people. So there's because I'm Mexican. You think there's more than four people that live in here? Absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> small family if anything i'm envious <laughs> so you leave were we wrong i mean i got a couple of cousins staying with us right now okay so <laughs> <laughs> so but no uh, what a lot of people don't know is in your household they when they're collecting all the information they base it off of the people in your immediate household so if you've got roommates if you've got friends you're getting information about their interests sometimes without even realizing it. Um, which <laughs> if you ever get like weird emails and you're like, where the heck does this come from? You might want to look at the people you're living with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, explain this. Hey, explain this. <laughs> what, what is this about swimsuit babes? What? Oh, what? Wait, oh, oh, oh no, God. no, no. Uh, don't worry about it, but send me the link. 
send me the link. Yeah, <laughs> then you weren't supposed to get that email. <laughs> you know, asking it for to a me. friend. Asking for a friend. Asking for research purposes. <laughs> oh no no no! You don't do that. Like no, that's just for me, dog. I'll be, I'll be honest. But I uh, I had a job where I was working. Uh, you know, I, I work in data, and I was doing a lot of um projects on very strange topics. So doing research. Well, I did a campaign once on like porn, <laughs> extreme porn. So this <laughs> was going in the direction I that I yes. thought it was. Yes. <laughs> so I had Perfect to, I had direction. to, well, no, but I like, I had, to, I had to like Google stuff that I didn't know about. And that. Did I was going to say Google never let you forget. Recommendations <laughs> and stuff. I also did like stuff on like seniors. So I'd get like, like diaper recommendations. Like <laughs> that's all diapers. And I was like, Oh, uh, yeah. Those come in a drunken blackout night. I can see it. <laughs> Good to know. Good. Thank you for that input, Yuli. <laughs> if it works, if it works. It works. It works. <laughs> so we we now know we know we, we we talk about the YouTube algorithm and and how things get complicated and how they constantly change it. Which I my running theory is it intentionally gets more complicated because a lot of these companies want to dominate them. And it's it's easier to discourage us away from them than to just pay us our, our worth, because I honestly don't believe that there's a person on this planet that couldn't become a content creator. I 100 percent every single person on this planet could become a content creator. You might think you have nothing to offer, but you do. There's always a talent. Really. There's always a talent. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of what it is, oh, God. <laughs> that someone that would find there. interesting. <laughs> I had um, to find the worst person that I can say without offending people. I don't know how you thought of that. So oh my God! Don't get him started. Don't, don't get him. Hurt him. You do not oh, know. Okay, me never mind. Right. No, I'm gonna, don't get him going. <laughs> someone, how do you mute somebody <laughs> entirely for the next however long? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's I, I feel like a lot of corporations, they just got their hands involved and because they want to saturate these platforms with ads and then they only want the top performers, they've cultivated ways to keep a lot of people at bay because it's 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 almost like a net, you know, they throw it out and then who who slips through? Most people are just going to be like, ah, you know, I don't want I don't want any of this. This is too much work. You know, my nine to five is actually easier. And they're like, cool, we've weeded those people out. And then everyone else eventually gets worn out from, you know, from the grind, the burnout. Like, you know, I've taken a long break and, 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 well, I mean, you even said, you know, I was, I was almost done more than likely due to the burnout. Eventually the ROI, the return on investment just doesn't seem to, to weigh in. And then boom, that weeds people out. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say though, like. You know, we talk about discoverability getting harder and the ads incentives that are, you know, on all these platforms. And uh, I don't know if you look at like sports and you look at mus the music industry, uh, actors, actresses, they make tons of money because they made it big. Mm -hmm. And gaming's kind of like that now, you know, like you, you need a little bit of luck on your side. You just, you, you can be talented, you know, you can be funny, you can be a great personality, but you, without the discoverability, you need, you know. It's just, it's kind of like those industries. I think. That's how I kind of liken it to now. So, you know, yeah, it, it sucks that corporations have really gotten into it now, but it's just, it's become sort of like those, like if you do make it in gaming, it's quite lucrative. Um, 
it's maybe you know it's not as consistent <laughs> as like uh you know yeah. without contracts like you know artists have uh or sports athletes you know it's it's not as consistent but it started getting there we're starting to see more contracts rolling out from bigger platforms for bigger stream you know bigger content creators um yeah so i think i think it's just not maybe they, you know i'm not saying it was easy before but it's just it's not as easy uh, as it has been in the past to get discovered uh as a content creator and it's now more of like a it's just become another thing like being the you know getting that that rec- what, what do they call them you know when you're a football player and they're in the stands watching you are they recruiters is that what scouted recruiters i don't know scouters, yes yeah yeah getting scouted like it's sort of like that like you just kind of have to you know yeah, there's you know there's definitely a different kind of grind here because you got to build a community community's got to continue to grow along with you and they're you know it's it's a different kind of incline, but um, yeah, I think it's a little bit more like that now. That's how I kind of like it in my mind. There's also a huge, a huge, uh, another side to it. it. Actually, just occurred to me while you were while you were talking about it that a lot of people I don't think when they dive in they realize a benefit that actors and musicians have in their field that I don't see gamers like professional gamers getting is there's nothing we could honestly get royalties on unless you happen to be in one of those fields. Like, what can you get royalties on? You can't get royalties on the game you played. You didn't create the game. So your income is dependent on as active as you currently are. Cause when you stop your income stops, like at least with musicians and actors, mm-hmm. as they fulfilled their contract, they can continue to make money off of that product years down the road, which is another reason I think there was this big but that push. That also comes down with being smart with your money. If you get that income instead of spending it all on extravagant stuff, like some people could invest it, put it in some accounts that build over time, set themselves up while still building themselves. And this mm-hmm. is something no one teaches anybody. Like we have to figure it out ourselves. That's yeah. something. I think like a really good example. I think like a really good example of that. Um, and I don't know the exact story of like how he got to where he is now, but if you think of Nate shot and a hundred thieves, you know, he started off creating content being pro call of duty player. And he built himself an, a, a very, like it's a, it's a good esports brand. They've come a long way. And he, you know, I, I imagine that the, the collateral that went into building that brand came from his earnings the work he put in as a content creator and a call of duty player. Uh, so he's kind of one of like a good example of like taking that and growing something out of it and setting yourself up in the future. But I agree. A lot of people don't do that <laughs> currently who do make it big. A lot of people are just like, yo, I made money and let me get me a yep. Maserati now, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, going to the royalties thing, I think, um, I think that's an avenue that may appear in the future, honestly, because humans are always looking for ways to make money, make profit. Somebody has on to something. create it. And like, you know, exactly. And, you know, I open up YouTube and I see like a, a lot of people reposting like Nadia clips and stuff like that. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, she doesn't make any money from other people making, getting views and stuff. But off she her, does get more content. people coming to her now because they see someone True. random posted it and like, oh, let me go to the actual, let me go to the source. But, but we're making an assumption there. We don't know for sure that she is getting reviews we're assuming that she probably is but there's also a chance that she's not yeah uh but specifically just on the royalties part of it like there is no there is no connection from like re- people using your content to 
you know, getting some of that back, which like you said, you know, actors get that, you know, you put that in their claws or mm-hmm. contracts and they make, you know, there's people making, what was it? Uh, what was that stranger things song? Uh, oh, that went running up that hill. Yeah. Again. She running was making money hill. like 30. Running yeah. Running up that hill 30 years later, making tons of money yep. from it. Uh, so, also, yeah. people, young people don't realize how good music was in the 80s. We're going to say that. We're going to say in that. Like 20 in years. I already start to say that. Now, I'm always like, oh, what is this stuff? <laughs> what is Gen Z listening I think, to? Uh, <laughs> I think as far as royalties go, I, I think we <laughs> might start now. seeing um, like more electronic royalties in the sense of like personalized logos and emojis and NFTs. NFTs. Uh, electronic yeah. cards. I think well, we're going to start seeing those. Uh, <laughs> There's become a, used more and more. Fuck, what are they called? There's a, a bunch of streamers started having a pre-built PC company. Fuck, what's their name? Starforge. Starforge, sorry, because their logo is like supposed to be a hammer, but it looks like a cock and balls just like launching up in the sky. Jesus. Yeah, but... Hey, it, it worked. You remembered it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Like, <laughs> he they, like, remembered they're it. St- they're called Starforge, so it's a bunch of streamers that collaboratively started this company where they have pre-built PCs for people who want to start streaming or at least get a decent gaming rig for about a fair price as you're going to get for pre-built. Now that works because it's something outside of the, the gaming realm that, that they built, you know, it's, it's not gaming. Like what I'm thinking is like, how can people who've made their, career off of because even with with ninja he has things he could collect royalties on because he created merchandise he created there's content created for like based off of him that he can collect for for life i also think ninja's a bad example because he got like what a hundred million dollars sign-in bonus for what was that fucking streaming service that crashed and burned Mixer. 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 Didn't he get like $50 million, $100 million? I, think it was, I thought it was a that. $10 million It was deal. a big he, deal. It, either yeah. way, he's not a good example because even if he doesn't get royalties, he's still pretty set. I mean, $10 million, you're good for life. Yeah, but you could argue... I don't know if you could argue that because then look at all the A-list stars out there who are still getting royalties yeah. for working, or the musicians who still get royalties. Yeah. Like that's that's a that's a nature. Like yeah, they have a lot of money, but yeah, I know, think it's safe to say that it's they, a lot of people. How, how work many for of them it. get the royalty checks in and be like, oh, hundred thousand dollars? Oh yeah, whatever. There's there are some. Well, <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, it's royalties there's a lot good. of room for for potential growth and opportunity there uh-huh. in, in the the royalties area and in, in streaming and content creation. I think the avenue will be yeah, NFTs. There's a lot, there's a lot of Once more there. people understand it and it becomes more mainstream, I see it being NFTs. Like you're, you're a streamer and anyone gets this idea, I hereby declare royalties on it. Since since we've already proven that a lot of the stuff we speak about winds up happening. But no, seriously, I think NFTs will be the way that it goes when every streamer learns how to make NFTs. And then not only are you like on Twitch, you know, everyone has their cool little emotes, but now it's like, hey, take my emote with you as an NFT and put it and use it wherever you want. See that and that's the idea I was, is that what an NFT is? I'm so good with tech and gaming and I yeah. can't for the life of me still understand. I can't wrap my head. I can't, I can't wrap my head around better, it. I got a better way of explaining an NFT. All right. So let's say you have a dollar, like a paper government bill dollar, right? And you go and like make a copy with the paper machine, you know, front and back. And now someone says, oh, I also have a dollar, but it's not legal. It's not set because it's not under the government rule. You know what it is? 
So even though you printed out a fake dollar, like people would take a screenshot there, I have the picture. It's not that specific picture. It's not that dollar that's actually worth something. You have a copy, which is a fake. I feel like you Yuli explained it in cartel lingo for did some you, reason. Did you you like Yuli explained it and I, I know less now. <laughs> So like, what? So let's say, okay, let's say you have a dollar. No, I, under, I mean, I understand well, that. You have a dollar. St- you stop. You have a dollar. <laughs> you have a dollar bill, right? And you copy it. You You're use the same analogy. I didn't understand. I did not understand that. Okay. Uh, I, right. I did use it well, in look, cartel so lingo, but but, I mean, but but here's the thing, right? So I understand the way you explain it, right? So like you're saying, you know, that one Mona Lisa that's out yes. there. That's the legitimate one. You can make a copy of it. You don't have the real one, but it's what's confusing to me. And what I can't grasp is that NFTs are mm-hmm. digital, right? Yeah. They're digital. Yes. I, so I think of it as like a wallpaper, for instance, if we're talking about art and I hope I don't offend any artists out there, but like, okay, this person purchased the original file of this art. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm just as satisfied to have a wallpaper copy of it on my computer. Like I, I, I can't touch it. <laughs> so to me, it is the same thing, yeah. <laughs> whether it is, I think the, the one file or a screenshot version of it that is in the same high quality that is now on my wallpaper. It, think of it like like that's how it is to me. Like I can't wrap my head around the whole like one of a kind digital things because digital things are not tangible. And I totally but understand. Someone that. else I'm, can I'm repaint the, the Mona Lisa thing. with the same brushes and the same paint used, and it's not the real Mona Lisa stuff. But there's yes, but that's I can touch that. So that's where I struggle is the non tangible thing. That's, 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 Yes, that's the thing that throws me off. And I know that other people understand that part. And it's just maybe I'm as an older millennial. We're the generation. <laughs> maybe <that's- laughs> we're, we're the tail end of the generation that humanity has evolved to the concept Give of tangible <laughs> trading. <laughs> we we believe in the tangible. If we can't touch it, it doesn't have value. <laughs> that's that's us right now. Yeah. That, that, and yeah. And I, you know, I agree that that it is kind of like it's it's like, you know, when we have judged <laughs> if we've judged older people older than us who don't understand the internet or computer mm-hmm. right uh this is sort of like the same thing that, that war norse and i are going through right now it's like we are now the boomers but who are not i don't get it i don't understand and you know there's a there's a level of like like pride and almost arrogance in us when it comes yes. to tech and internet and gaming because yeah. we were there when it started and we were there when it grew and evolved and i'll be mm-hmm. damned if i won't come across something that i can't do <laughs> We watched but, it, but you know it's weird. Yeah. Like I understand the metaverse. I understand that the metaverse like, makes sense, and no. that's only because I love Digimon. To... Here's okay. a good. Here's a good <laughs> thought for you, though. Here's a good thought for you on the power of an NFT. Think of it, the metaverse, right? As NFTs evolve, they can transition into things like the metaverse. So it's like trading cards. You can get a card. From for my example, I, I collect Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Thousands of people can have the exact same card I have, but there's different prints of said card of different rarities. So while you may have the wallpaper version, that's the equivalent of, you know, uh, and soon in the future, it'd be the equivalent of just saying, hey, I went to the shady guy down the street and got a fake copy that I can't actually sell for anything. But if you get the chain block copy. Oh, here we go. See, 
I'm not going to go deep. I'm not deep diving into Shane Blocker. I'm not deep diving into Shane Blocker. Who's verifying the authenticity of my NFT? Like, it just yeah. yeah. I could just have it, and nobody wouldn't could tell. Nobody could know outside of me that it's legitimate. Like, where am I displaying it? Who's off? Like, who's verifying it? Like, I don't. Well, if you create it yourself, basically, it's a way for anyone to create their own merchandise. Like, you don't have to have. You don't have to go to you know buy a thousand shirts. You don't have to go and, you know, make a brick and mortar store. If you have an idea and you say for yourself, you say, I think my emotes are amazing. You have your artists, your artists, artists, can't even talk. Artists make your emote, right? And then you pay for the rights. Mm -hmm. So it's yours. You don't owe them anything else. And then you convert that into an NFT. You are the only owner of the original copies. But what keeps someone from copying that? And claiming that it was that's the where the chain block comes in. There's a code programmed into that digital. That's where the chain content. block is. Yes, that's how it's tracked. Yes, but what's the penalty for copying? Oh, uh, you Not can sue them into oblivion. Like, oh, that yeah, you can sue them. It, can you legally do that currently in current like current laws? Yes, yes. I know there's because a lot of legal issues, issues in Europe like, could, right now over it. Could I go to court? Like, could could you go to court? Like, could you buy an If NFT you can prove, if you take them to court, if you can prove that you own the rights like, to that. Yes, you okay. could. The reason it can be taken to court is because, <laughs> like we all say, money is behind it now. Since money is behind it, someone's gonna want to touch like a little bit of it. So someone's always gonna try to get more out of it. Yeah, you you can go to a court for anything as if you have the records and and, and the evidence uh, to back it, you're gonna win. I mean, a girl took Regardless her parents to court is. for having given birth to her without her consent. I thought that was fake, but it was actually she, she win that or uh, she won <laughs> at first. Yes, she won at first because you know how modern society that that's that's a thing. But then they appealed it and she lost the second time. Her parents appealed it and then she lost. Yeah, that's a. They had it was like reverse child support. They had to pay for her living expenses and and everything. It was a, it was a it was a it was a thing. And I was like, what road no are way we going down right now? <laughs> a road where we're gonna live Fallout Four in real life. <laughs> Welcome to modern Being society. Human Being human is weird. <laughs> it's fun. Yep. Out here. <laughs> but no, like uh, I think uh, it NFTs will fully reach their maturity when we're too old to give a shit. I think that I just think there needs to be like an authoritative force, and I know oh, that so a big bank behind really, it. Well, no, not necessarily a big bank, and I know that is a thing for crypto NFTs that is they're very against everybody who's very involved in that mm-hmm. is very against that. But I don't know how to verify authenticity of something somebody else says they have when it's easy to code and hack things. It's not that easy like, to code. I just and hack feel like I blockchain. need. I just feel like I need something. Tangible. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I need, I need, I need to touch it. <laughs> yeah, I think the same, with my own hands. Same sentiment there. I think in the metaverse, NFTs would know. see a boom because it's a universe that's completely digital, and digital and digital just makes sense. I mean, skins in games they're not tangible. And we've been accepting of that for years. See, all of this stuff is in. You've been accepting of that. You've- <laughs> the metaverse. <laughs> we. I mean, as a collective, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of it at all. No, I know. I get it. No, you know, I don't know. I I think I'm of the mindset that like everything digital is 
not safe. See, uh, you know, growing up in it, I've seen too many flaws <laughs> over time. Everything that is thought to be completely secure, unhackable, has always been proven wrong. So I, I guess that's part of why I have, I feel like I'm, I will roll with the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at this point, there's no point because we're feel all unsure about it. We all have bank accounts with (laughs) digital money, basically, that can get hacked and stolen at any time. We're we're not sleeping with money under our mattresses and none of that. Hey, don't you know? You don't know. When I I had brought up Digimon earlier with (laughs) with the with the metaverse and stuff, that's if you play. I don't know if any of y'all played Digimon Cyber Sleuth, but that's what the metaverse. That's what. It's a new game. It came out like five years ago. With you, <laughs> That's what it was. Like they they transported themselves into a metaverse and they could mm-hmm. touch and taste and interact with everything around them. And then there was everything was digital and stuff. And then Digimon appeared. Warner, do you think I as think humans, of. if we were able to go into like a Digimon world, people would touch and taste things instead of doing other stop things? Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right there. We've seen the internet, Warners. Well, I. We know, we know there's Xenoverse people out there. Or, What's next, uh, Itachi? Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> final thoughts for the episode. Let's. Uh, who's excited for Pokemon this week? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, I'm pretty excited, but I, I actually have not pre-ordered the game yet. Uh, and that's not because I'm not excited, but you know, I just I have a lot of end-of-year plans that are going to keep me away from my Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that the graphics are closer to rcs or almost identical to rcs i thought that was a good direction in terms of graphics for the game um i will say though like the pokemon franchise has always kind of disappointed me in the sense of like every title is some sort of new mechanic whether it's like mm. uh mega evolution to gigantamax uh, and i wasn't a fan of the yeah, mega all, like, stuff no just 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 keep it consistent so do you guys want some funny <laughs> like, the z moves some lore <laughs> A little bit of lore on the why they switched from Mega Evolution to Gigantamaxing. Yes, yeah, so I would love to know actually. In Pokemon lore, and it's actually in the games, but a lot of people don't actually read the Pokedexes. Um, Mega Evolution is actually very depressing because it's been it was pushing the Pokemon beyond where they were meant to evolve. That it actually was by the lore causing them physical and mental harm. And then when people actually started reading into the mega evolutions, like I think the one of the ones that stood out to people was Alakazam, obviously, because it was at the top of the, you know, Pokedex and alphabetical That's my order. It was actually, he always had nonstop headaches. We're talking severe. Like think of the worst headache you've ever had. Oh, I'm mega evolution that motherfucker every day. That's what he was going through the entire time he was mega evolving. It. So- and then people would start reading into the mega evolutions and then people who actually read the manga, they were like, yo, this is dark. This is too dark. So then game freak was like, you know what? Yeah, you're kind of right. Wait, so that's wait, why they wait, did wait. away with mega evolution and brought in gigantamaxing because it's not harmful to the Pokemon. And for, they now know that the people paying attention to the lore are us. We grew up with it. So we actually are a little more invested and we're like curious. And we started doing the research and it's like, this is dark. <laughs> well, this hold is up, depressing. Hold up, hold up. That's dark, but not kidnapping these monsters and then forcing them into battles is d- not dark. That's hey, normal. they, you know, they changed the anime quite a bit over hold the up, years to make we, it more about the 
the Pokemon now is like, I want to go with you. And then he's like, okay, come uh, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's changed. After, after you, yes, it's Stockholm Syndrome. I've kidnapped you for 12 <laughs> weeks. I don't want to hear anyone now. complain about how dark the anime is that they haven't read some of the comics, man, because some of the comics are horribly oh, comics, dark. I don't know if I oh. read legitimate manga but there was i i had a copy of one where there was like actual blood in it yeah it's yeah. it's wild like, man pokemon is not it was not originally meant to it's be child kid friendly, friendly as it is now yeah it was not it wasn't meant to be it just became that um also i'm also glad that my prediction for how this new version was going to be was accurate because when they dropped pokemon arceus i was like this is how they're planning to do the new one everyone was like ah no, I, Pokemon's pretty stuck on it. I was like, they just came out with Shield, so I was like, nah, bro. It was an experiment for sure. This was an experiment. What Arceus? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think they want to go in the more mature route with their Pokemon games because they know honestly where the ones playing it. So I think they feel a little bit more comfortable taking on, you know, the more I don't want to say realistic because nothing about Pokemon is realistic, but they want to get more closer to their core content. Like where Pokemon stemmed from. Um I need them to I need them to make those games a little bit harder again. Like when I was a kid, there was nobody in the cave to heal me. <laughs> yeah, me for real. Like <laughs> I, you went in and you needed to bring enough. You like, went in and a lot of times you did not potion. come out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 now it's like every five seconds somebody's healing you up. I'm like, let what me is heal this? you. <laughs> you, go, you go halfway through the cave and you're like, Oh my god, I need it, I need it, just get through it. And you got an escape rope and you're like should I use it or can I, mm-hmm. can I struggle with this one Pokemon at 10 health? Like uh, it, it made you the, the worst is it, it made you consider your, your Pokemon types, what was left over and like the strategy going forward and what you should do more than it, it, it does now. The, the worst was like, you're half dead trying to get through the tunnel. And then as you're, like walking forward out of nowhere, you get you get frozen there, and then Team Rocket pops out. Like let's battle! Oh, like, that's no! the worst. <laughs> this is not the time. It's not the t- get your goofy asses <laughs> out of here. I don't have time for you. Gary is shaking his head at all the new rivals. Heal them, man! If you'll get your ass out of here, I ain't healing him. I'm gonna jump him when he's weak. Yeah, we need some new Garys because he was a menace. The head of he was he was the head of Team Rocket. Looking at uh, what are the the main ones again called? The main who? The redhead and the blue head? The Jesse, Jesse and James? James? Jesse and James. James? Yeah, I forgot their names for like, the hardest time. Like oh The head goodness. of Team Rocket is looking at Jesse and James like after 25 years as Catchem wins the world tournament. Like, I see why you wanted that Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, we told you that Pikachu was worth it. Why do you think and congratulations to Ash they waited <laughs> 25, almost 30 years to let him win? To milk it. I mean, technically, we were bored of he it. technically won. Didn't he technically win the Alolan? He, yeah, but he what his whole goal was always to be world. Like, he yeah, never won any of the leagues until, like, a couple years ago. I then still he can't won, believe like, he didn't use Charizard. Like, I, of all the Pokemon, he didn't use his most. No, it's got to be Pikachu. Like, it's got to be Pikachu. Also, can we talk about how he's died seven times and no one bats an eye? Hey, can we talk about how he's still Ted? <laughs> Did I want to live in the Pokemon world. When he first got time Pikachu frame. and electrocuted, he actually got sent to a coma, and we're just watching his coma dream. Oh, uh, I've seen that theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only w- so That's I don't wake up still be in Pallet Town. I don't think the coma I dream. I saw a meme that like is real. I, well, I saw a meme that he, you know, he won the 
the league and he still hasn't given Misty a new bike yet after having that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. She ain't getting that That's bike. <laughs> Bike's gone. Yeah. And she's just like, I got something else for you to ride. Okay. Oh my god, that's enough of you. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Hey now. Fun fact, Pokemon <laughs> originally was dubbed uh as one of the categories as a romance, which explains all of his travel companions. The Wait, anime just really say that again? Pokemon is is was dubbed as a romance along with its other genres originally. So Ash Hence has a hair. All his travel companions. Yeah. Listen, I have always been like, oh my guy is gonna they're gonna kiss. I think they they like tease the kiss once and think an X and Y. Yeah. XYZ. So it, and I was like, oh. yeah, they didn't show it, but yeah, in one of them, she did. She was the boldest one. It was like, yeah, she kissed him when before she left. They didn't show him, yeah, but she kissed him. I think at like the top of yep. the escalator in in one of the final episodes. I was, I was going insane. I'm a very big romance <laughs> for Ash. TV books, man's been through anime, a lot. K dramas. I watch all of it in romance, and I was like, yes, ship this. <laughs> Pokemon finally, that's what I'm saying. Pokemon is taking those steps. The movies, they've gotten a little darker. The show touches on things it never would have in the original series. Um, and once again, Ash has died seven doggone times. The only reason I say that the coma thing is probably not real is because it's already been stated that there's alternate timelines in the Pokemon franchise. So maybe in one of them he's in a coma but for all the other branching timelines he's definitely not. so these are all alternate timelines we're just we're just watching ash in different universes just go through it based i mean that's probably why pikachu resets to like level yeah. three every time <laughs> he gets to a new region apparently <laughs> yeah and why Ash at this point he should be time. just wrecking everybody because when he when he, <laughs> he takes his be. pikachu to pikachu a new region just look at him yeah he takes so, his oh, pikachu look, to did, a new region i'm like how are you not wrecking rick these and morty Pokemon. before rick and morty Pokemon's been Rick and Morty in us, yes, long before Rick and Morty. Yeah. Even the games aren't varying timelines. But when it comes to like things like this, right, like any major franchise, like do you think that it's better, and maybe there's a, an obvious answer to this, but do you think it's better for franchises to cater to the audience that started the franchise? So like, say, look at Pokemon, right? It would be us when we were kids. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, now we're adults, we got the money, we can spend mm -hmm. it. <laughs> um, or should they cater it now to like, the youth, the the kids now, and it you know it's sort of like Pokemon. Sort of seems like it kind of went in that way for a while, and maybe now it's kind of maturing a bit. But that is always like a thing that I think franchises have to deal with. Like Call of Duty, for instance, you know, like yeah, doesn't really seem like they're catering too much to the OG players. Well, now it's they much are much more like how do we get new players in there? That's a tough one. And that is honestly a tough one because you yeah. don't want to isolate new people from trying it, but you don't yeah. want to abandon those that help make you who you are today. You are. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think Overwatch is an example of that too. Overwatch two is, you, they made it such a big priority to be more welcoming to new yeah. players. Um, <laughs> like I never played Overwatch one because I, it looked intimidating to me, honestly. And I like FPS, but the, that's a, there's such a strong community behind Overwatch. That is uh, a very strong community. But I've tried Overwatch two and I've enjoyed it. And it's been a little bit more user-friendly for me. Who's never played it before. Uh, I play a lot of Overwatch now. I, I've played it for years, and like what you're saying is absolutely right. Um, and it's it's really difficult to get um, con consistent consistency like playing with people. Uh, I think because of that reason, uh, I, I know like there's been a lot of times where I've mentioned like, "Hey, I play Overwatch. You want to you want come join?" And it, there's that kind of hesitation, like, "What kind of person are you?" Kind of, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I. I, I, I wouldn't say that I've ever 
associated Overwatch uh, to a personality type, but I've definitely experienced the hesitation of just being like, "Ooh, that's that's a commitment." Yeah, because <laughs> there's there's I'm not gonna know what's happening. Everybody else knows what's happening. Um, yeah, I say but, they yeah. could all take a page out of uh, from Software's book and Elden Ring it. Elden Ring was a good example of letting welcoming new players while still being loyal. Yeah, but that's a story. That's a storyline game, and that's just not going to work with a, a FPS game. Well, I, I, I mean, we were talking like franchises in general, and it could work. Mm-hmm. It could work if it just would be a little bit trickier. They would just have to be willing to disappoint the gatekeepers. Which honestly, I think anyone in any game, even my favorite games, if you're a gatekeeper, I don't care about your feelings because games are supposed to be welcoming to everyone. So the only ones that would be offended by it are the gatekeepers. So like as a good example, Elden Ring was that good medium to open it up to new players while still keeping us happy. I've played from software games since demons all those daggone S's and I felt I was happy that they let new faces in because I actually got to connect with more people. Like if this boss was kicking my ass, I knew I could summon someone back in demon souls. You got good. (laughs) You didn't have anyone helping you. You had more chance of someone invading you and ruining your day. But like with Elden Ring, like look how much fun the three of us had because they just made it so more accessible. So I think, and I think Pokemon's yeah, trying to go that way. Fun the three of us had just triple teaming one person into rage. Oh, we were pretty queen. toxic. That's something yeah. that Overwatch Two is going to be doing. Adding storylines and, and gameplay, they haven't added it yet. Yeah, I've seen the. Uh, you know, they've got the lore behind the characters, which is I. You know, I I've barely scratched the surface, but I a lot of my friends who are very hardcore Overwatch players really enjoy that content. Uh, that really makes it a much more full-bodied experience well they're going to add playable like, storylines like, oh in the mm-hmm. game oh that's cool that's something that they plan to um, do i'm gonna say that like in terms of like franchises it's not really a franchise but like i don't know if you've heard of runescape yeah um you know I, i've played that i played that on and off since i was 12 and i'm 32 now that game's <laughs> so it's been a long time um but you know i you know i logged on recently and i noticed that they've also kind of shifted gears and are trying to bring in new players mm-hmm. to it's, you know, this game is 20 years old um a little bit over 20 years old now and they've started these things called fresh start worlds which you you make an account on that server you know it you get like triple xp to get people up to speed faster because a lot of the, the good stuff you really can't unlock unless you put a lot of effort into the game mm-hmm. and it's been interesting to kind of see how companies are approaching og players and new players and trying to keep the business going with so much competition out there now in the gaming world. Yeah. It's tricky to do that without like you want fresh people to come in, but you also don't want to give too much to upset older players who put in all the work. That's it's always like a, Mm -hmm. like a tricky area. Yeah. Wow. A lot of stuff covered in this, this episode. And I, I like this, you know, because we got to, we got to cover, like talk about call of duty and talk about content creation and gaming and, and get to, you know, get some thoughts out there. And, and who knows, a lot of people probably share in these thoughts. So, um, this was, this was really good. Definitely a, a nice way to end, uh, in our year for our publicly available GZ chop shop. Um, but before we wrap up, bullet maiden, uh, where can everybody find you? 
yeah, uh, you can find me as the Bullet Maiden on Twitch and YouTube. So, <laughs> guys, make sure to hit her up. Check out her live streams if you're a Call of Duty fan, and you definitely want to be there. And make sure mm-hmm. to uh, follow her on social media. She posts some very hilarious clips. I, I've, I've actually been finding them very enjoyable. It's, they're pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guarantee I will. I will make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> as for us guys uh make sure to hit us up as well on on social media you can hit us up on twitter the gz chop shop or you can find us out on the web at osn-media.com where you can find all of our podcasts the gz chop shop afterthoughts after dark and gunpowder red all in one nice spot for your binging pleasure um and if you want to catch some of the podcasts that we'll be doing for our patreons patreon.com forward slash OSN media there you will get the exclusive episodes exclusive podcasts early releases to all of these ad free and early access to the YouTube videos and full episodes as well so it's definitely worth checking out I promise you will not be disappointed and visit our merchandise shop I can't talk it's like the end of the day I'm tired I can't talk okay. how you doing the GZ shop.com visit it get all that cool merch and wear it and thank you Everybody who's been getting the merch, we see you guys. We really appreciate it. Love you guys. And if you got any comments or thoughts on this episode, or heck, you want to, you know, have a, a, a got a question for Tachi the bullet personally maiden. blows a kiss every per, like every package that leaves the factory. I sure. Yes, that's exactly what I do. Wink, wink. Um, but you can also submit your video and audio clips with your questions. On the website just go to the gz chop shop podcast episode and also who you want to answer it because you know sometimes you don't want me answering your questions everyone but yuli can answer the questions (laughs) (laughs) you will get wholesome answers yuli will just let us know that there's a question but he won't answer them i promise Anyway, you guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us through this year. Stay safe out there. Take care of yourself and each other. Catch all of you wonderful people. The next podcast in 2023. Later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.